if I host episode 100? Hey, it's, it's everyone. Almost- it's Hotline League episode 98. Mark and I were just discussing what to do for episode 100. I don't know if you hosted. I don't know if that would be. Does that would that be wildly different experience? You would just no, you just intro and exit the show and do the ads like that's it. That's it. Plus my webcam is on the left and you're oh, on the right. Oh, that was a good point. I'd have to get Benson to remake this overlay <laughs> for that episode in particular. No, just, no, no, no. It should be like intentionally horrible quality. So like just literally flip it so uh, like the text is reversed. Yeah, celebrating 100 episodes of incredible production and <laughs> flawless audio issues and amazing video and no lag, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, welcome everyone to the show. Uh, Mark and I were in a, I guess, a chill mood tonight. This is going to be an interesting one. Um, somebody whose name rhymes with, well, someone whose name is DeMonte was supposed to be on the show and then messaged me and said he wasn't available. So we don't have a guest. On the because... plus side, someone named Fion is going to call in and talk about why these goddamn esports reporters can do their job, including yeah. a Mr. Travis Gafford. I don't think that's what he's going to talk about. I think he's going to have the opposite take. Because he was one well, of the people that asked the questions. I don't, I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to talk about on the show tonight. Obviously, we're into the finals where FPX will face off against the best team in the world, G2 Esports. Uh, and then we've got the big scandal on Reddit today is the SKT press conference, which people disliked on my YouTube channel, even though I was not even there for it. I just posted the video. People dislike the video. Don't get angry at me. And uh, and also, uh, what else? Anything else interesting? Uh, CV Ma- the rumors, or did this get it officially announced? People were putting in the chat right as uh, the show started that CV Max is joining uh, King Zone. I think. Uh, I saw something. I think I saw Fion actually tweet about that. Okay. Uh, he promised three world titles in a row, or he said like that was the goal or something. Yeah. By the way, this Reddit thread for the the press conference topic is the SKT press conference qu- questions were inadmissible. I think they meant inexcusable because I think, <laughs> like, I don't know if inadmissible is the right. You could not enter these as evidence in a court case, <laughs> Travis. They were inadmissible. It's just like the classic Reddit take, you know. It's <laughs> like I can't say these were unexpected. So unex- mad. They can't even fucking look up. A I can't say these are unacceptable. Sure I need a better term to really get the rest of the Reddit community imagine, to rise up with me. Imagine having the entirety of human knowledge at your fingertips for a moment's notice with instant answers available and not even bothering to check. Mm. Imagine the power at your fingertips. Then again, I've done this as well. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, I want to shout out. No, I was about to say, you literally had to wear a thing that said dumbass a while ago. Oh. <laughs> Because because you didn't use the internet when it was right in front of you. Anyway, by the way, everyone, I just want to remind everyone, Hotline League, it's not like any other show. All right, don't get your expectations up. There's a lot better shows out there. Don't watch this one. Um, speaking, though, of why you should watch this one, Mark and I need to pay rent. So shout out to our sponsors, Alienware, as well as Movement. We'll be talking more about them as the show uh, continues. I feel like this is gonna be a fun one. I'm feeling extra punchy tonight. I'm just I just don't give a fuck tonight about I think it's one of those ones where I don't really care about the topics. Like I don't have a super strong take on them. So I'll probably just be Well, I have I mean the fun thing is I've got a ton of stuff to talk about with that media thing. I think so Oh go ahead. What were you gonna say, Mark? 
No, I was going to say, yeah, like, that's not my area of expertise. Yeah. So, like, I don't have serious takes, so I'm just going to have shit ones. But, oh, I think, I mean, I do think one thing we can talk about, though, is uh, I'm nervous to talk about this because I feel like people will get angry and think I'm hating on G2 if I say that the G2 SKT series was not the best series ever. But a lot of people were saying that. And then you were saying you saw in VOD review, a lot of people were not saying that, like in the different things. Well, I mean, even even I tweeted after game one, you know, like put this shit in a time capsule. That was like one of the most high level games I've ever seen because it really was like super, super cool the way g2 was avoiding the map and being like all non-confrontational but then i think you you saw skt start coming apart at the seams over the course of that series and you know like it didn't it didn't stay at game one's level stolen stolen face in the twitch chat by the way says no one is saying that it was just a few comments right after game one literally one of the casters like the closing remark was in the best series of all time i think i think quick shot opened um, the you know like the countdown or the the cooldown thing I forget what they call it world's cooldown. Uh, he opened that up and he was like, "Was that the best series ever?" And your boy Kobe goes, eh! "Nice, <laughs> yeah." So at least Kobe had your back, and I think I think most people kind of knew that was like it was a good series. You know, like I don't want to say like G two didn't play well, and I no, 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 one hundred percent. We're not saying that. In fact, if anything, I would say SKT didn't play well. Like G two looked great. Uh, although there were some moments where like there were a lot of mistakes on both sides i do yeah well that sorry. what i wish you could do is obviously it's too high level or high profile of a game to do but a super interesting um like youtube video you could do is just to remove all the nameplates or figure out a way to show somebody that without any context on what it, that game was and see uh what they think of the it right because i actually think that there's a world where people are like wow these these teams are both like going weird if, and, if, and if you show that fight from mid lane where faker ported some minions into a turret and then like had to walk all the way around through river to try and get into the choke point while like i think it was effort like inted in and then shortly after teddy had to try and like one before to try and save the fight and then faker faker had zero damage in that team fight if, if you took that team fight and like you said, took the nameplates off. Like you would think that was like gold solo queue. Like, hey, great mechanics, guys. But what was that decision making? You had Baron just fucking go push. Like, what yeah. are you doing? There were so many questionable faker moments where it's just sort of like, why, why? Um, which is too bad because I think I think you know. I don't. Again, I'm not trying to take anything away from G2 here, but like, I would have loved to have seen that be like a five game series, like Faker playing you know as good as he used to uh and just see like g2 come out on top in that like final game and really like triumph but instead i don't feel like that's that's what we got i thought S- you know skt normally builds up over the course of an international event that's why they always go so far um and uh yeah. so it's just kind of weird yeah i'm sure we'll talk more about it in, later but th- i mean one one angle to say why that was a really like entertaining series was that I think uh, like major lead, you know, like SKT, like the, the you know like the gold lead on average was like three point five was like the highest gold lead in the series or something insane like that or or I, f- I forget what the someone was someone someone tweeted these stats one of the stats team people I think, um, but it was a super close series in terms of who could win at any moment and how close the gold lead was and it was super 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 exciting, um, so like. And like I, I, we're saying it wasn't the best series of all time because there were problems. Every series has problems, but you can see that like this, this was not quite like the, 
you know, some yeah. of the other series were that were were super back and forth because both teams were just pulling off like beautiful plays. But again, G two played great. Love G two, big fan. I have them as as probably favorites for FPX. Yeah, oh shit, we'll, we'll get in there. Anyway, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. What uh, Twitch chat? Let us know if there's anything we're forgetting. But I mean, I think. It is. It has been kind of a quieter week because obviously all we had was like the world semifinals. I don't think there's any been any big roster announcements. Um, that SKT thing I think is an interesting topic, if only because obviously I've I've got a lot I can talk to about all this stuff. So I, I'm excited to be able to talk about that. But I don't think there's really anything else besides semifinals, finals, and the SKT thing. Oh, the CV Max thing. CV Max is now the Dragon X coach. Did that get right. confirmed? Yeah, that's what people are saying. Uh, I don't know if there if there's much to say about that other than like glad he got a job. Wish it was in in NA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only thing we can say about it. Uh, Hi is in the chat. Says that feel when Travis looks like looks amazing and Mark looks like a bum. That's every episode. I can tell you haven't been watching. Any of the 97 previous episodes of this show. Hi, but thank you. Can I join the stream? Sure. We, we're going to have uh, Fionn on first, I think, hi. But if you have uh, some topic or something you want to talk about, I don't know how much you've been watching Worlds because we're probably going to get a lot of Worlds questions. Whatever. You Let's just get into it. Mark. Okay. Do you want to explain how the show works? Yeah. So if you've never seen the show before, here's how it works. You're going to want to go ahead and join the Discord link that I am spamming in Twitch chat to distract from high. Um, so go ahead and click that link. When you get in here, uh, you're going to go ahead and join pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channels. And then up above those, there are the pleb topics text channel. And that's where you're going to go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, if we like your topic, we will pull you from the pleb calls voice channel into the waiting room channel. We will hang out till it's your turn. We'll do one quick check with your microphone to make sure it works. Uh, and we're good to go, and then we'll pull you in when it's your turn. Do we want to talk about the scouting grounds team that qualified in? Did that happen in the past week? I think so. Oh, yeah. The NA will never perform internationally until the old guard is removed thread. It's also really good. NA has a smaller yeah. player base, and they're all centralized. Darshan and I mean, Huhi continuing to be around, etc. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fine to just shit on North America whenever. We don't need any special prompting for that. Yeah. Well, if somebody wants to call in about it, I do think now it's somewhat relevant to like the scouting grounds thing and the the thing. Anyway. Should we um should we grab our first caller? Yeah. Is Fion okay. Looks like we're probably getting Fion. And a uh, couple of quick shout-outs to some people who have subbed. I can get there before Mark brings somebody in. Thank you to Justo90, Exolvark, Eharl, St. Louis Slayer24, Tipsy07, Technoweeb, Ari Waddle, Scrapjack, The Way To Dawn, Ragbite Light, John G365, Nihilus Gamer, Kurlish Menace, and Whistle Britches. Thank you everyone for subbing. Fion is here. Fion, where are you calling from? I'm calling from beautiful Paris. It's 5.30 in the morning. I'm in my hotel room. Uh, 
I'm doing well. I was on uh, the plane of G2 over to Paris. So they're here. I'm here. World's finals coming up. Excited. G2 so. and Fiona on the same plane. That is that is a fame plane if you ask, if you ask me. <laughs> I know. You are, I was are on you, my... Are you North America's final representative at, at Worlds? I guess we have like Kobe's over there, uh, but it's I'm like, no longer there. It's like me, Emily, Kobe. So yeah, we have we might. We, I don't think we have enough people to even make a team. So <laughs> is, is Emily even NA? I feel like she covers other yeah. regions just as much and is like often traveling or like in Korea or something, right? No, she's mostly in North America. She lives in LA. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's just. Maybe it's just she's always like up at those times watching. I just see her tweets at random hours. Yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, Fionn, do you have a specific take? I mean, maybe before we, if we get to that, we should introduce hmm. Fionn is also known as Tyler, uh, works for ESPN. Uh, Tyler, for the past uh, couple of weeks, I've been posting these press conferences to my channel, and you usually ask the first question, and everybody's like, why is. Tyler asking Faker about FIFA whenever it's like the first question of the press conference or whatever. So I don't know if you want to kind of break down sort of how the press conference stuff works or I don't know, give a take or anything, but go for it. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, I think I come from a different perspective than a few of like most of the other like writers in the room or the people asking questions. I write about four to five articles per week, not just based on, I'm not doing transcripts of the press conference itself. I'm writing larger, bigger features. So a lot of people ask me, why did I ask Faker about FIFA? The reason why is that this is the only time I'm going to get with Faker in these last two to three weeks. There's no way there's like, we got access with him before the tournament, but during that time, the teams have no time to really talk. And I had talked to his dad earlier in the day because I was writing a big long-form feature on Faker and his father. And I was like, I have to ask this question about FIFA and Faker. or Because uh, his dad asked, talked about how growing up, the two of them played FIFA together. So I'm going to ask Faker the question for my story. That was based solely on my story to do my long-form feature. It came out a few days ago. I'm very happy with how it came out. It was on the top of Reddit. Everyone said very nice things. Uh, so when usually coming in these press conferences, I'm looking for to grow stories that I am writing, uh, to the point of the most recent, uh, telecom, uh, press conference, which got completely hated on. And I have a lot of takes on that. Some supporting of what people are saying and others, you know, against, uh, I asked about, uh, TN versus, uh, Yankos and what Clint thought about it because I was writing a feature on TN and his journey. And I need more voices than just TN and FPX. And that was my one chance to talk to Clid, uh, maybe one of the top three junglers in the world about that matchup. So I had, that was my opportunity to get that question out and get that answer for my story. Yeah. So that's why already confused by the way, they think you asked him the FIFA question after their loss. This is, if you guys go back and look at the press no. conference, he's referring to the SKT press conference in the quarterfinals after they'd won. Yes, not not. I would not ask that question after they lost. Obviously, <laughs> no. I would not be like, "Hey, Faker, uh, remember playing FIFA when your dad? You know, you just lost. Like, how about that FIFA? No, that was after the Splice series. <laughs> Do you so, wish you actually played League of Legends back then instead of playing FIFA with your father? Would that have prepared you better for the for the semifinals match? 
10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was. So, so here, uh, I'm going to take a step back really quickly since Fionn has sort of talked about that because I'm seeing some confusion in the Twitch chat. So for a lot of people have asked, for instance, why am I still not at Worlds? Well, here's the problem. It used to be that you, after any, when, when there were less media, so like back in 2013, um, and then again in 20, yeah, back in 2012 and 2013, I got interviews after the finals with one of the players from the winning team. Like I interviewed Faker after SKT's win in 2013 at the World Championships. Starting in 2014, Riot said, we're not going to do post-game interviews after finals. There's too many media. And then starting in, I think, 2015, they started to limit the number of media that got access after the semifinals. And then I think in like 2016, no longer did you get interviews after semifinals. Then um, this is the first year where like literally no media get any interviews after quarterfinals with any of the players. So now you can only get one-on-one -on -one interviews during the group stage. And this year, I think there's less interviews. There were less interviews available after the group stage. Some of that was because certain teams were not doing interviews. Like Griffin only did a couple in the first week, especially maybe none, and because of all their drama. Excuse me. And uh, some of the others, you know, whatever other stuff was going on. So it has become increasingly difficult for media to get access to these players. And a lot of people look at the press conferences and they can only perceive. And I understand why. Because you guys are used to thinking an interview is like a thing that Travis or Ashley or whoever does with a player after a game. And so they think press conferences should just be exactly like those interviews where you just ever, it's like, instead of just Travis asking questions to one person, it's like all the media asking questions. And then you see that uncut press conference uploaded to YouTube and you think, oh, like this is the same thing and you judge everyone's questions the same way. Um, and the problem is that there's a lot of different types of esports media and journalism that's happening at these events. So while I'm interested in doing these like quick seven minute interviews with a player after a win or a loss, like what's going on through your head? Where's going? What's, what do you think of the next matchup? Who do you think is the strongest team right now? Somebody like Fion who writes long features which a lot of people like, and as Fionn mentioned, the the Faker one got to the front page of the League subreddit and people said great things about it, and quite frankly required a lot more work on his end than reviews ever do. Um, like, this is, the, the problem is if Fionn is working on one of these features, he doesn't have any access to any of these players. This is his one moment to ask a question that might be really important for that. So he has to do it in that press conference. Now, again, I get that you watching a uncut press conference that myself or somebody else has rushed to get up so that we get the YouTube juice faster than any of the other media. It's a shit system and I hate it, but that's the way it is. You see that like Fionn's question in isolation and you're like, that's so weird to ask. But then you don't necessarily notice that it becomes like a line in an article later on. So I think it's really under important that people have all this context. And now you can say like, well, I don't think they should have to answer that question or you, whatever. It's just like, this is the system we're in and none of the esports media like this system. Like just, I know I'm ranting a little bit, but just the, the final thing I'll say on this is just, again, to provide context on these conferences, it literally is the only thing that we really get at these, these events, unless you can like grab shocks, like the casters are all in another city um, doing their casting there and the desk is in another city. So like you can grab an interview with shocks, maybe 
or like one of the riot staff that are there. And so everyone records the same press conference. And then it's just what you see is people literally jump out of their seat as soon as the press conference is over and run over to their computer (laughs) to try to upload it as quickly as possible because they know, and we're all on the same shit internet and they know that uh, everybody else is running over to upload it as quick as possible. And it just is the stupidest thing ever. (laughs) You are, you are completely right. Uh, that I, I totally actually do agree with your sentiment that like if you are a fan and you are like I am you know this is my only SKT content after the the, the loss I want to hear their thoughts I want to hear about you know the Kiana and the draft picks and all that and I totally understand these people because if I was a fan at home and I saw you know asking about TN versus Yankos I'd be like why but then from my end I have to write I'm writing a story I'm writing these features and they come out really well because of these you know small answers. And I'm not, and I'm not the one uploading the video. I'm outside of the the race between you know the seven different outlets trying to get it to YouTube. So I am focusing more on myself. But I do agree that like the fans watching the video, you can I can see why it's not the best viewable content a lot of times with these big press conferences. And me and Travis, like I, I, some of these questions are like I know that a lot of people have their different things, but a lot of these questions, me and Travis will look to each other at press conferences being like. What are these yeah, people yeah. asking? Like, there are some. Re- <laughs> there, I, I think one question. I don't think it was during the English. I don't think it was uploaded because it was during like the Chinese or Korean section. Is someone asked Faker, "How does it feel to be the best player in the world?" And it, and uh, it, uh, these these questions that have been asked over and over and over again. It's I can understand why some people are frustrated at the a- answers. And uh, me and Travis have both looked at each other at times, being like, "What are these people asking?" And press conferences do need we need do we do need to get better questions and we do need to like up, you know everything. But in the current sphere of like how we have these things set up, it's really difficult for writers and journalists and everything to get what they need to do. Why they're there? Because it is a uh, very expensive for a lot of these people to go to these events just for a press conference. So for me, I'm writing these long form features, so I'm going to get the questions that I need to, to write my story. Yeah. And I don't, I don't blame you for that either. Um, I think, but to your point and I want it. So one, I think Tyler and I both wanted to explain sort of the context so people understand it, but I do think we also want to say, like we agree that a lot of the questions are not great. I would never. And I, I actually, so look, I'm not trying to call any journalist or media entity out or outlet because I don't know who asked the question um, because I, it, you know, I was just zoning through it as I was uploading it. But the, the question about like, will you make roster changes? Now that is a question I have asked before mm. after a series, but I ask it like exclusively to either a coach or an owner. And I know that they're never going to say much. They might say like, yes, there will be changes or we're going to look at everything, but it's a question you kind of have to ask. It's really awkward to ask that. And I would never ask it to like the lineup of players and team or whatever. Um, but to your, to your point earlier about how like, this is the one chance a lot of these people are going to get. I mean, in this current system, like, are, are, is, is it expected that you just kind of shoot your shot and, like, sorry, players, that you're here for this, but as Western media guy, girl from this website, I'm never going to get to talk to Coma again. So, mm-hmm. hey, Coma, question. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Tyler? 
I, I do see Mark's point of like this is their one shot because I mean you try. I think we probably have been at the world most world championships as journalists. It went like the last I've been at the last four throughout, and you've been there since 1999. <laughs> so we've we have a lot of good you know basis of this, and we know that if we ask these questions to you know SKT and Coma, we're not going to get a good answer. But if you're you no, know, this is your first tournament, you get one shot to ask Coma. In front of the players, I guess. I mean, this is your one shot. I guess it's all right. But I think the, it comes down to, could you defend your question? I think if you could, if every journalist at that SKT press conference was in this room, can they defend their question? I can defend mine. I am happy to discuss why I ask the questions I do ask. If they don't have a good reason why they ask that question, then we can have a discussion on, you know, should they have asked that in the first place? Should they be there Etc. But if you can defend your question, then I'm fine with whatever you ask. If you yeah. can defend it, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I feel like there's still a little bit of, like I would. I don't know if I would have asked about the the shaky hands situation. Although, admittedly, I did not see how. Like, it's very important to me to on how to frame this stuff. So, a frequent uh, criticism that I get on. Um, the subreddit is people say I ask softball questions or I'm I'm too nice or ask easy questions. What be, I would encourage people to go back and look at the like one year ago, Mark and I had Nade shot on the show to talk about Hunter T's disappointing run at Worlds, but also about their lack of communication around a lot of stuff, etc. And there that was not a uh, show where we ask soft questions but what is important is to phrase the question import in a like a tasteful way and so maybe instead of saying like hey your hands were shaking you say something like baker it felt like today maybe you were not playing at the peak that we've seen you at in the past um you know was there anything else that was on your mind today or you know what you know you you kind of like beat around the bush in that way to try to open up that dialogue rather than being like yo your hands were shaking what the what was that shit you know were you spooked um, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I don't care enough about this. So I didn't go back and like rewatch the, um, how the question was actually phrased. And like, I have, a, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Reddit to, uh, hyperbolically paraphrase how this person asked that question. So mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even know if it was asked poorly or not. Like the question itself, like you're saying is not that ridiculous of a notion to be like, Hey faker, you're known for being one of the most clutch players of all time. There's a shot of your of your player cam where um, your hands were shaking. Was that the pressure getting to you, or was that just adrenaline? Like you can phrase it in a way, you know, like you're saying that it's not super disrespectful. A lot of Twitch chat saying that it was phrased poorly, and then yeah, of course, then it's it's a little ridiculous. But the the idea of asking if if he felt extra pressure or felt extra nervous this this series is a totally valid question. An another point on that though, I think something we also have to like you know peel the curtain back with. You know these things is that they uh so how a press conference works is that it's set usually in three different stages we have korean media uh chinese media and english media we both we all ground get like seven to ten minutes and for the english media a lot of the like the spanish brazilian those journalists have to ask in, in english so a lot so there's a lot of questions being asked where they're saying it in their third second or second or third language their english is not their first language so a lot of times we do get these, you know, these these questions asked in a very blunt or not the, the the best way, and a lot of those times it is from you know 
a Brazilian or Spanish or Argentinian outlet where the English isn't their first language. So maybe that is the reason why a lot of times we see these questions not asked in the, you know, the, the best way to get an answer. So I think we you also have to realize that if you're a Spanish media or Brazilian, you have to ask in English because there is no Brazilian segment. There is no Portuguese segment. There's, there's English, Korean, and Mandarin. That's the, it. The other thing I struggle with a lot on this stuff is sometimes you have at, you know, semifinals, quarterfinals at these random stages in different countries that don't have like a, a standard league an esports media figure or interviewer or somebody who's new to the job or hasn't had that much experience because they don't have like a consistent league in their region and they are there doing interviews um, and they might be interviewing Faker or um, Caps or any number of different people and this is only the first couple of times that they've done an interview and so I struggle with that a lot because I'm like Part of me thinks, okay, this person is not at a world's level of experience in terms of getting, doing interviews and covering this stuff. I'm not sure if they should have received accreditation or if they did, if they should be starting off with access to the top players in the world. Now, obviously, people will say I'm biased or whatever because I've, I obviously already had that access and now I'm saying some way. But on the other hand... You know, this is this world's was an opportunity for, for instance, in Madrid, Spanish esports media to like get real experience at these big things and kind of grow themselves within the industry, and that can be good for us down the road if we care a lot about the industry. So, I, I think it's hard because, and I I don't envy like the riot PR folks who have to decide who gets a press pass and who doesn't, because you're kind of torn between do we want to support people who could become, you know, the next. Tyler or Ashley or or Travis or whoever whatever interviewer you want to think about in their region. Mark, did you okay? You're just zoning out so much. I thought your camera froze. Um, <laughs> or or do you want to not do that? Uh, I don't know. It's just an issue. I'll, I, so I know the audio is out of sync. We had this issue before the show started, and the only way I knew was to take the whole stream down and turn it back on. That's how it fixed. So um, I don't know. I think. I, I, maybe I'll try and fix it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Tyler, if there's anything else you want to... Travis, Travis, just just cover your mouth and it's fine because then they can't That's see really it's synced. So just, mm. um, just get a little veil up. Um, I also... We have a caller as well, so I can go and grab him and see what his his fan perspective on, on Tyler, all this is. Tyler, do you want to stick so around and... I am... I'm around. I, I want to talk about how NA sucks. I want to talk about scouting grounds. I'm... It's it's six a.m. in the morning in Paris. I have nothing to do today, so I I'm fine just chilling here. And if you need my input, I will stay. You know, okay. a Mimi line or something. So. Okay, cool. We'll grab the the next caller then. <clears throat> while uh, while Mark is doing that, I will here. I'll restart the stream. Let's see if that fixes it. No, no, don't. What? what? I want. I can. I, everybody's complaining about the audio sync issue. We have a thousand whole people here. Okay, I'll let Twitch chat decide. Do we restart the stream? Stay. They won't stay, these fucking liars. No, don't. Is it even that bad? Yes. No, no. Okay, it's mostly no's. Wait, I see a couple of restarts. Okay, it's actually 50-50 right now. Okay, we're restarting.
The yes people are just more annoying. Um, do we have our next caller, Mark? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. Well, we're joined right now by Dark King. Dark King, welcome back to the show. It's been a bit. Thank you for being a Twitch sub. Uh, remind me where you're calling from. Raleigh, North Raleigh, Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. That's right. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I wanted to continue the topic on the uh, post-game interviews, particular or press conference, particularly on the uh, sure. user side um, of it. So um, I wanted to discuss how um, I, I particularly found some of the questions very disrespectful um, and just inappropriate in this context. Um, so just poorly timed and everything like that. Um, there's a difference between bad questions and then there's a difference between just poorly timed, okay. disrespectful. Travis, then, is your stream working? It should be. Yeah, it looks like it's oh, really. Down my I, I have F's, yeah, and I, I, I'm, I have it up on my second monitor, and it's, yeah, it hasn't come back up. Is it either. now? I'm not seeing any drop frames. I see Travis Gafford is offline. Hold on, it's. I think we got the Twitch one thing. It's up for me. I'm getting a French. Can anybody hear me? Does is... anyone see me on stream? Everyone, this is a new. It's what is this, this well, thing? Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't wait. We're good oh, now, right? What was that? That's like the new placeholder. Where if the stream, if for some reason it's like not getting connection, it's fine. Um, we're back. Okay, hopefully the audio is fixed. Uh, it's still delayed. All right, I don't know what to do about it then. Um, sorry guys, this is not on me. By the way, this is a Twitch. Thing I think because I, we've never had this on any show before, and we fixed it earlier by turning off the broadcast and back on again. So and everything seems fine on my end. Sorry, guys. Move to mixer. Um, <laughs> Do I no, need to no. restart? Uh, Darking, <laughs> yeah, uh, Darking. If you can just give your take again, you're from Raleigh, North Carolina. For anybody that doesn't know. All right. Yeah. So I wanted to continue with the discussion, saying that uh, I just found it really disrespectful. Some of the questions, not just bad questions, but I found some of them just disrespectful in the context of during the losers press conference that um, some of the questions were, are you going to, due to this failure, are you going to uh, do a team shakeup or are you going to keep coaching on this team? Mm -hmm. And like things that they, you know, not even an hour after the games had finished, I assume is when the time frame was. Again, I, YouTube uploads. It's so I like, it's usually, <coughs> Tyler, it's usually like within 30 minutes, right? Maybe even less for the losers one. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been thin 30 minutes. They were they were up there pretty quickly yeah. after the loss. They were, this was definitely them probably so going to the locker room. Yeah, very quick turnaround, yes. So a quick turnaround, you know, they're still emotionally processing everything and you expect them to not only give you uh, coherent, you know, verbal responses to questions that you're going to ask them, but then you're going to ask them just these questions that there's no one that could, if they would have won worlds, they're not going to, they're going to keep their team together. If they lost this match, they're going to destroy their team. And like, they have a plan already laid out to like, yes, uh, um, coma's going to quit and Baker's going to leave the team. I'm mean, like, wait, what do you want the response to be? You're going to get the magical scoop out of this. These were just magically like disrespectful. Uh, yeah, I, questions and i just couldn't i couldn't imagine why you would do this and so the i i just say that as a fact and i guess my take is these press conferences this layout only hurts 
the um, the saying where you were saying people in the past, you were saying it was really hard for you to get um, interviews with losers in any context um, uh, for uh, yeah, even in one-on-ones teams that lose, uh, don't want to do interviews or anything. They want to just right. go home. And I feel like this is a perfect example of why they don't want to do sure. it. So, so, I, so I think the two things there are one, uh, as we said before, I agree that those questions are not great. Um, I just, for some research, for some context, I don't know how Tyler does it, but for me, I generally, when I'm going to ask a question, especially when I think it's kind of a big one, I am asking myself, like, what am I expecting to get out of this? Like, maybe I don't know the answer to what they're going to say. Right. But how do I think this is going to play out? And when I, I might think in my head, should I ask if they're going to make changes? Obviously they just lost. Like, is that something I should ask? You know, I think about the person who I'm asking, and if I'm asking like Coma, for instance, are you going to make changes? I'm like, he is not going to even hint at that in front of the players that are sitting next to him that just lost. You know, maybe if it was an owner and he's like, you know, we're we're disappointed in this, and like while the roster was great, clearly it's not there. So we're going to be looking at everything during the off season and seeing what's out there. Like that, I could see happening if it was a one on one with an owner. And he knows it's not going to get released for like a couple days or whatever. But like, I agree with that. Um, that being said, I don't think that necessarily this means that no one should ever do any content after a loss because I, I have done interviews before after losses where it is far more interesting um, to like, it's a far more interesting discussion than it is whenever you, it's a far more interesting discussion than it, whenever you're interviewing a winner. Uh, is what I would say. I guess. Yeah, and I didn't want to say there was no uh, loser interviews. I just saying that this format hurts the opportunity for us to have um, good uh, questions or good examples of the you know loser uh, interviews and stuff like that in the f uh, future because they're just going to look at this and be like, why would we like? put any of our players or possible coaches or any of our staff into this ex um, position where they're going to uh, be at risk to go through both the emotional turmoil and also like compromise themselves in saying something. So I, uh, I just feel like that's what I'm trying to say. All right. I'm, I'm with you on like bad questions or stupid questions or even like, you know, the idea that some of these are disrespectful emotion or Tormoil is a little bit strong of a word. It's not like someone died in front of them or something. You know, I've I've been through some pretty heartbreaking defeats. The whole grats on world's curse, you know, no way LMQ comes back from a, a zero two was a meme literally started by a team that I was coaching. Uh, we lost and got reverse swept. We were like the first reverse sweep in league history. And like our players were crying afterwards. And you know what? We I did an interview after it. And cop did an interview after it. And like, you know, yes, you're kind of devastated and in a state of shock. And like, yes, you are, you will be very sad. You might even get depressed for a little bit of time. Um, but that's part of the job. You know, this whole industry exists on the fact that people give a fuck about us and to just like not want to talk to them is because someone at some point asked a stupid question is ridiculous. Um, so, I don't buy the whole emotional turmoil. They're not in a state to talk to us. It's like, fuck that. When people are raw, sometimes that's the best time to talk to them. And like I said, this is not comparable to like, you know, it's, it's your life. It's you, you put everything on the line and when you lose, you know, it, that sucks. 
but you you can't just like eh I'm too broken up. Everyone is broken up. Everyone has their dreams on the line. At the end of at the end of Worlds, five fucking people are happy out of like the the hundred plus players who showed up. You know, five of them are happy. What you want to inter- you know? Emotional turmoil is probably the wrong word, but yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I I was I was trying to put not belittle the uh, time expense, and I know when. I competed in other sports and not for money or anything like that, but losses hurt. So I can only imagine what, yeah. when you when you compete, you want to compete and you don't like loss, losing. And I imagine every one of them that goes up there feels like that to some degree. So I'm trying to put that into perspective in that moment, but because it could feel like it is everything in that moment. But I right. guess, I'm just saying like, don't, don't take this like potentially personal problem of like, individuals making bad questions and turn it into like a systematic you know loser side interviews are being destroyed by this these bad questions just be like hey those were some bad questions and by the way like i think that's another thing too is that there's been a lot of losers press conferences and this is the first time anyone has been super upset about it and i know that since it's so public and all the media are like we're all fucking vain assholes we all read these reddit threads and like obsess over what the public thinks of us like everyone knows hey this was not good and i could promise you that the next however many press conferences are are going to happen over the next couple of years like people that are there especially the ones that remember this will all be like fuck is my question going to be okay or am i going to get flamed on reddit about it uh <laughs> so i think it's not too spooky i don't know fion if you have a a take on the loser press conference stuff I'm I, I'm happy. I, I like Mark said that this is and what you said, Travis. This is the best content you usually are gonna get if you are writing a feature on something or if you can get a one-on-one with them. Again, like I said, I asked a non-direct question based on the the final because I'm doing a TN feature, but uh, emotional turmoil and all that, and the, the, it's too hard to ask a question. I any journalist, anyone at ESPN would tell you that's wrong. That's the best moments you have. On another point, I know we have the Dade Award for the, uh, you know, the biggest disappointment of, you know, the world tournament. I want to give a shout out to, on, at least on my end, Clutch Gaming, who went 0-6, but they accepted every single interview that we gave them. And they were doing interviews after every loss. Splice was the same everything. way, by the way. So, Splice was also amazing. So, yeah. So, Clutch and Splice, kudos to you. Uh, you you two did great. You accepted so many interviews, even after losses. I just want to give a shout out to those two teams who, even in defeat, were very happy to talk to media and were gracious yeah. about it. No, I, it's super appreciated. Can I ask one more question? Then hold on, just... we got we got okay. Hi joining us, fresh from Solo Queue. I'm still in Solo Queue, actually. I'm uh, currently in Landing Rest Rise. I'm level two. He's level one. But uh, I just wanted to hop in here and say really quickly. As being a pro player in the past, I think it's perfectly fine to do loser interviews. There are sometimes questions that can be better than others, but I think people saying that there shouldn't be any is pretty dumb. And for reporters that ask questions that, like their job is to make headlines, right? Their job is to get people to click onto their articles, get videos, likes, etc. I don't really see the issue with that. So that's nice. We get paid a lot of money to be on stage, to make money playing games. It's not the worst thing in the world to have your emotions on an interview. Thank you, hi. Are you going to come back later on for another take, or are we just are you cu- coming on the show exclusively for this thirty second second? Uh, 
I mean, I could come back later, but that's kind of my opinion on it. I don't really have much more of an opinion on it. <laughs> we're, we're solo. We're Q time yeah. filler. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm trying to get to uh, Challenger because uh, I was trying to play Duo Kill with Sneaky the other day. And he said he didn't want to play. Well, he implied he didn't want to play with me. He's worried <laughs> I suck at the game. So that kind of hurt my ego, you know. So I'm practicing right now so that I can uh, play with you nice. sometimes. It's a good goal, I feel like. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Hi, for coming in. I appreciate the, the, the thought. Yeah. Thanks, Hi. Hi, Hi. Okay. I don't know if he was going to discuss. I, well, I moved about. into the waiting room as well. We both moved up. That's funny. Oh. Uh, Darking, did you? Well, I realize actually he's laning right now, so he doesn't have time to like move himself in the Discord. Um, Darking, did you have like a final thought before we move on to something else? Yeah, I, I guess my final thought was is like at, um, both Vion and Travis. If, if you do, you guys are are you guys worried that um, I guess the SKT or uh, press conference the that's going to like cause you guys to get less um, interviews in the future for. So what I worry about is those are the ones. What I worry about is I feel like Riot. Mm, I want to be careful in the way I say this. Um, <laughs> Riot cares too much about Reddit's opinion. Is that what you're going to say? So I think, and I have not talked to anybody on the PR side over there, but I worry uh, they see something like this, and they are always very sensitive. I think to the perception of. Uh, how players are like the pro players are being taken care of and how like they don't ever want to be seen as like we're forcing pros to do something that like the community doesn't think they should have to do and like they feel bad about it so i do wonder what the result will be of this and i already think that like uh there is obviously i'm on one side of this situation and that i am media and it is important for me to have access at these events um, and I think in part because of that natural bias, I look at sort of the way in which over time media has gotten less access, been forced into more press conferences, which are useless. Like Deer, who is uh, who translated for us, and you guys might have seen her in some of my interviews, she stuck around at Worlds. So I'm just having her hold. If you're seeing the press conferences go up on my channel, it's literally because I'm having her hold her phone up. And we gave her like an audio recorder to plug into their soundboard. And then I just put those up on my YouTube channel. And now I'm like at home and don't have to worry about spending thousands and thousands of dollars to have broken into myself over in Europe for a, a couple extra weeks. And it's like sad to me that that is like just as efficient of a system in covering worlds, at least for my stuff. I know Tyler and ESPN do stuff differently, but like it's just unfortunate. So yeah, I do worry because if like losers conferences are become like optional because right. It's like, well, Reddit got really upset about that and we don't need to have these pro players do these losers conferences. And like, that would just make it e the situation even worse. I think for media and in a situation where it is already pretty bad. I mean, I wish I was still at worlds. I wish I was at worlds and that I had some sort of business justification for being there. Cause if I stuck around, it would just be because I wanted to stay for finals, but there is like virtually no incentive for me to stick around uh, from a business perspective after group stage. And I, like, I could have left before semifinals and it would have been probably fine. So, or quarterfinals, I mean, so that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah, I, uh, I agree on the, the hope that on the riot side, it doesn't become an issue where they make it optional again. I think another thing that people kind of overlooked is that I think there's a rule that they at least have to yes. send two players. And you can even send co coach can be one of them, I believe. 
Because when Invictus Gaming lost uh, against FPX, they only sent Rookie and Jackie Love. So for SKT, they sent the entire team. Uh, on the S, I'm I'm afraid a bit on the right side if they might you know try to change things, make things optional, a very slippery slope when even asking like what questions you can ask and not ask. On the SKT side, I think we're I think we're good. I don't think this is going to hurt the relationship between SKT and media at all. The, actually, with the Comcast takeover of SKT and become T1, they were one of the best teams overall working with this tournament. Uh, I cannot say enough good things about uh, Joe Marsh and the, the, the Korean team and the media team. Uh, we got so much access with them this tournament. Uh, I talked to Faker's dad on YouTube. Obviously, that translates to the long-form feature I wrote about them. We got to talk to them a little bit before the tournament. Uh, I would not be scared that T1 and, and SKT is not going to want to do stuff with media anymore. Uh, they are they they are they have an eye on the West. They they know how important media is. So I wouldn't worry about that. I think the overall thing is that hopefully Riot doesn't you know do you know doesn't flinch at this, you know, this response in the Reddit thread and and make these things optional. I do hope we can continue with loser interviews yeah. moving forward. Maybe one day we'll get back to one-on-ones after uh, loser interviews, but with so much media there, you can't really, you can't do that, especially when people are paying thousands of dollars to be there, and if they didn't have a press conference, they would get nothing, so. All right, uh, let's move on to the next call, but Darking, anything you want to say have- on the way out? Uh, thank you so much for having me on, and that was really cool to have Hi hop in because uh, I have a poster of the 2013 nice. team, nice uh, with him signed on it. Nice so too. that was really well, cool. Yeah, it's one of the fun things about the show. <laughs> I think we're able to make it more community oriented. So thanks. Thank you so much. All right, let's move on to oh, uh, Slasher wants to talk about this, but he seems to be struggling to Discord? join a channel. Yeah, so I can. Well, if we do, so one, let's take a quick break. Two, if we bring him on, let's make it quick because I know we've talked about this for a very long time, and I know the Twitch chat is getting kind of tired about it too. Uh, And Slasher's not short-winded, but uh, maybe if he he joins, he can throw his his (laughs) head in the ring. He says he's in general. Oh, right. Well, we have to do a quick break anyway. All right. All right. So, really quickly, time to do our quick shout out, our ad. Uh, for our sponsor, Alienware, who does so much to do all this stuff. You know, I would not have been, I mentioned, of course, that it is actually incredibly expensive to cover worlds. That's one of the reasons why I headed out once the content dried up, but we wouldn't have been able to cover it at all if it wasn't for Alienware. They make some great stuff. Um, In fact, I've had some really, some, some, literally some industry people have reached out to me, like random folks uh, who work in the industry who are just like, Travis, appreciate uh, Alienware support of you. I think it's really cool. How can you know? How can I hook you up with credit for this Alienware PC I'm about to buy? Alienware.com/travis. Um, you can check out all their stuff over there. We are, um, you know, it's getting to the end of the year, and this is normally when you start talking to the sponsors about what does next year look like uh, for the relationship. And what's really cool is I I'm feeling pretty good in in a, an upcoming conversation with them in part because you guys have done such a great job and oh wicked is rating me right now thank you wicked for the 88 viewers in part because you guys have done such a great job of tweeting at alienware and thanking them for the support shouting them out in twitch chat shouting them out in youtube 
going to alienware.com slash Travis. Actually, uh, many people have uh, and heard about this recently, uh, gone there and purchased stuff and and really supported their sponsorship. So either way, look, the fun thing was a year ago, we announced this partnership and uh, you guys have been incredibly supportive of it. And so I just kind of want to take this break right now to say thank you for doing that. I hope you continue to. It is more help than you know. They make some great stuff. You can go check it out, alienware.com slash Travis. I'll put the link in the chat. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can go check it out there too. Um, and thank you to Alienware, by the way, because like it, it coming back from Worlds and just knowing what the costs were to cover that event, you know, go book out a flight and hotel and pay a producer and all that stuff for three weeks at Worlds. You will see how expensive it is to go to Europe. So either way, thank you to them for supporting us and everything we do. And go look at their stuff because it is super legit. They've got some, uh, they even have some new peripherals uh, that are behind me that um, that you can go check out over there too. So you, they don't just make computers or laptops, they make monitors, they make headsets, they make keyboards, mice, etc. So either way, thank you so much to, uh, to them for supporting the show. Are we grabbing, is it Rock Slasher time? All right. It is Slasher in. time. Hello, Rodney. Man. Good. Hey, How are you? Um, not too good. Uh, what are you playing? Counter Strike. Okay. Counter Strike. For those that don't know, Slasher and I worked together back in when I used to work at CBSI. Uh, he's broken many stories. You you had so oh you had the Overwatch two story on ESPN. Dude, I've been getting yelled at all day today about about what? <laughs> oh, really? People have been going in on you because I've. Because I reported that Courage was going to. Oh, really? Before. Oh, yeah. Nice. You stole yes, their sweet YouTube yeah. views. Indeed, I did. Well. So instead of instead of three million views, who only get two and a half, he still gets to keep all the of the millions of dollars. Well, when, either when way, you know. we're on Twitch right now, so we're not talking about YouTube. They're a valued partner. I really appreciate uh, the great revenue share model i have with them uh slasher what do you want to what do you want to talk about uh, i missed like the first 40 minutes and i only heard like the end of it and so i heard fion all i gotta say is one this is incredibly fucking all this esports journalism shit is someone who is really in it god there couldn't be a more boring topic i think to talk about for a fucking <laughs> No one True. gives a sh no one gives a shit. I don't even give a shit. True. I've only been I've only been listening to it for about twenty minutes. All I'll say, all I'll say is that um, look in all industries there are certain people that are you're going to. Everyone has different personalities, right? So it's all about the person who's asking the question more than like more more than anything in this certain in certain circumstances. Some people are just dicks. I mean, I'm most a lot of people consider me an asshole a lot of the time. Um, but I do try, especially in interview type scenarios to, um, you know, be honest and truthful and be, you know, ask the, the questions that need to be asked in the right way, but it has to be respectful and done in a way where you can have a good rapport with the person you're interviewing. And that's always going to be how it is for everybody. Okay. Uh, so some people will be dicks and some people, and that's kind of just how it will be for life for most things. I think I'd like to sum up for, um, this certain situation. I think do think there are bigger uh, you know, things for the people need to be looking at. People should the sports community is a little bit more soft than the sports community. It still doesn't 
it still doesn't understand kind of how sports is most of the time. And they have a deeper attachment to players. And I think that some sports fans do with, with athletes, like a, a fan of a gamer in, in esports really likes their their pro or their streamer or whatever to and except everyone loves celebrities and whatnot um but they feel like a, a more emotional attack so when like they their announcement gets broken first before they get to talk about it or something negative happens to that player or person they get really emotionally invested into what is happening and sometimes it's definitely the fault of the journalists or the media for either blowing it out of proportion, asking really stupid fucking questions, or, you know, making it, you know, more drama than it needs to be. But in other times, the community is the one that is inflating the problems and making the issue. You're, it sounds like you're just cautioning people to be a little less emotionally invested in the, like, the pro players or the personalities or whatever whenever the media are covering them. Well, I mean, sometimes definitely this is the media's fault. And the media is the one that is inflaming issues. But some, a lot of times people are just asking tough questions and people are trying to dive into the situation. And then people's fandom of whatever that they're liking, you know, gets in the way of having kind of more objective view of whatever the hell is going on. So people love... Wait, Coma, who, who cried? Coma, yeah. yeah. Everyone loves Coma, right? Yeah, so if it was a coach that was disliked, I don't know if there is one in the league. Um, the reaction had been the same. Yeah. I don't know. But everyone like, loves Koma. So uh, I do think also asking just specifically about if they're going to make roster questions is kind of a stupid fucking question. And as someone who always reports on this shit, it would seem uh, contrary to what I believe. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You're going to ask some guy at a press conference if they're going to make roster changes. How the fuck did they even know if they're going to make roster changes? It's a stupid question. You're not even going to get an, an actual answer to a question. It's just a provocative question. So I actually think well, either way, really thank you, Slasher, for calling in. Getting resident sleepers in the chat, not because of you, but because we've just sat on the topic for so yeah, long, I as know. you know. Nope, yeah, nobody gives a shit. No one fucking cares. Well, good. That's, that's... Maybe we've beat the topic to death so that everyone can move on, and Reddit won't be obsessed with it. Yeah, Reddit. Reddit only remembers for two hours, or I mean, two, two days. So now that we've done yeah. this, it's it's dead for sure. Hey, thank you so much, Slasher, for calling in. Looking forward to having you on a future episode. No, you're not. You actually <laughs> never invite me on. Slasher got disconnected. That's weird. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to another topic. All right, I think I, I think I have gameplay questions okay. and stuff for the rest of this, so let's go. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Fion, if you want to stick around, feel free to if you're not tired. Oh, no, I'm, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm just going to be in the background. I wanna, I'm waiting for the, the NA topic about what we should do to save our... You did a lot of that last region. week. So I don't know if you're going to get what you're looking for, but a couple of quick shots. But I'm... I'm, I'm yeah, but I'm happy to talk about whatever being actually at Worlds and the G2 yeah. SKT series. I don't appreciate you saying actually. I do agree it wasn't the right. greatest series of all time. Just dropping that on yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you, you missed. I mean, Maybe you missed the press conference. Travis. Disney you paying got, you for everything. The... Uh, spoil... <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Spicy take for Twitch chat. Fucking baby ass. Howmy, thank you for uh, joining the call. Where are you calling from? I am calling 
Chicago, um, nice. Chicago? The Windy City. What do you want to talk about? So, a bit of a spicy take that I can understand why people may disagree with me is that Faker could possibly receive the Dada Award well, this year. First off, I want to be clear here. I, I saw a tweet this week. None of us are officially authorized to provide the Dada Award to anybody. The community's not. No one exactly. here even think about providing a Dada Award to anyone. I that is not what though. we're allowed to do on the show. Apparently, yeah. it's been copyrighted and it's exclusive to a completely different show, even if that show isn't on the air. But it is this year. It is but on we the could, air. We, not allowed to give it out any other years. It's very important. Continue. So, how many. We can still give it out as a recommendation, which that is okay. why I'm here today. So, uh, why Faker this year? Okay, so first of all, the Dada Award is that someone who was overhyped. So, on every on almost everybody's uh, rankings, uh, for example, on the Diaphoria, Jad and Vetti both put Faker number one. Uh, Reddit fans put Faker number one. Yamato Cannon Faker was put number one. Uh, some other smaller known places put him a bit lower. Uh, LS number 12, ESPN number 11. But he was on everybody's charts and he was put very highly because of his consistency, his ability to stay on top form, even on high pressure situations. And now why I feel that this hasn't happened this year. Sure, I agree, Faker had multiple good games. But I feel that a big percentage of them, he was, for one way of putting it, was running it down to at least some degree. Uh, so I think six out of his... 14 games he was not performing to up to standards so so he wasn't Those, performing up to standards okay. and and as you're pointing out he was really highly rated going into the event uh so i'll i'll, I'll chime in here i actually think this is a pretty I mean, it's hot take, but I, I don't think it's that ridiculous. I, I might not personally agree, you know, with the caller, but I, at least I, I can kind of agree with that. I, I tweeted before the, the series started that I think SKT actually hasn't been that impressive if you actually look at their tournament. Like, um, you know, they beat FPS, or excuse me, um, Splice in quarters, and you can make of it what you will about how strong Splice is, but they struggled a little bit against them. One had the Mata game, but even in game four, Faker didn't look that good. Uh, he inted against Nemesis a couple times uh, in group stage. They lost that game. They almost lost to RNG twice. He didn't even make it out of groups. You know, they, they did not play that incredibly over the course of it. And then when you see their games versus G2, they got six Barons to G2's one, and they couldn't fucking win that series. Like, you see that stat, and, like, I bet, I bet I've never seen that stat in a series before. I don't think I've ever seen the, the winning team get that many Barons and lose. So... You saw we get the individuals who like made it happen. Uh, 
effort, obviously, Turbo went to game three, but Faker had some problems on Rise when he potentially could have carried that game. His Kiana wasn't great. Like, I'm definitely in the... I'm definitely in the... Faker did not live up to the number one player in the world hype that everyone gave him to. I mean, to not be clear, close. ESPN gave Yankos uh, the number does... one player in the world, so... Hey, well, <laughs> he's in the final. He's in well, the final. so far, looking at the rankings, it kind of makes sense. G2 is top two right now. Yeah, but uh, he's not been the best player on their team. I think um, you could say Caps or Perks would be pretty deserving. Tian yes, and Perks Godfrey. so far was most consistent, but uh, Caps most recently in those series. Sure. Uh, either way, on the point of the topic, though, I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that... Um, I don't know if I'd say Faker wasn't a top 20 player at Worlds, but he definitely wasn't close to number one compared to other people. And he wasn't even the best player on his team. I think Clid had a significantly better tournament. And potentially Khan even as well. Teddy probably did. Um, you know, he might have been the fourth, anywhere between third or fourth best player on SKT this, this, um, this tournament. Which is pretty crazy to say compared to when we last saw him in 2017, where he was like, hands down, far and away, best player on SKT and dragging their fucking court. So, would to the we finals. be saying this about a player who wasn't Faker? Like, is he kind of cursed by his own legacy and his own long performance? Uh, and that's why we're, we're seeing he underperformed or didn't look good. Um, he did have multiple performances that, as not even a mid lane main, I could tell that he was making a lot of simple mechanical mistakes on Twisted Fate, Akali, uh, Kuyana I only know because of the casters. But yeah, but champions that can require high skill level, but some of the mistakes he was making on them were quite basic in my opinion. Yeah, I think... You know, it is partly because he came in with the expectations of being on one of the best teams and being supposedly one of their best players. Um, but I think anyone would have drawn criticism for those games. And I think you can make the case that Faker got memed a little bit, but no one flamed him, really. And I think you can make the case that he actually got less hate than uh, Kiana in a similar position would have had in a game where post 15 minutes he was pretty useless and got caught out of position so yeah, oh, I, I don't believe he he deserves hate either it's just that sometimes an award has to be given yeah i know i'm just to be I'm clear just we can't give that award i just want to be clear here well, of course yeah, no one no one can uh i'm just saying that i don't think faker got it got it worse not that he deserves it worse mm -hmm. or anything like that but um i think a, a lesser known player uh, with less of a background, who performs like that in a semis would would probably get called a choker or you know something like yeah. that maybe. Well, thanks, Tommy, for calling in. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I hope G two wins worlds so that we have multiple skins, maybe two Gragas skins by both Polish players. They should make five pipe skins. <laughs> That'd be great. Thanks, Tommy. Joy. All right, uh, moving on to the next caller. A couple of quick shout outs. Thank you to Casey Clark. Thank you to Nice Tail, Sports CTC, Ronald and Ho, Raf, Zaloniad, Ollie One, who says shout out to Alienware, Muntzalicious, Sakowitz, uh, Kawi So Serious, 
Danny Zhang, Avura, Smoke Dog, Hayden Hoffmeister, Yonstar, who says happy birthday, Sadistic Nero, Danny Grimm, Nighting97, who says, hey, Travis, just want to say your LPL documentary documentary was really well done. Will you do one for LCK next year? Maybe. Bruce TFT says, I like Travis. Um, somebody said they subbed, and then I didn't shout their name out, but I'm pretty sure I don't see them in this list, so I'm a little confused. Anyway. St. Louis Slayer 24 is here. St. Louis Slayer, are you calling from St. Louis? What, yes, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I want to talk about how I think the SKT series was overall not very good. I think they looked out of their element most of the time, and I think that G2 wasn't forced to show much in their match. Uh, okay. So you don't think it was very good and that SKT didn't look great and G2... Didn't have to show much. Do you have any uh, any elaborations on any of that? You don't have to. We can dive into it, but feel free. Yeah, no, I, I do. Um, so when I was looking back at the games, uh, it seemed like SKT were almost never on the same page uh, past the early game. They had early game leads in every game, but uh, once it came to the mid game, there were like weird split pushes by Faker, um, poorly timed team fights, overforcing. Um, like in game three, when Effort Leona ulted the mid-tier one right after they got Baron. Um, and then they just lost that fight because Faker wasn't there. So overall, I think there were a lot of pretty um, poor plays from SKT. I want to hear Travis's thoughts on this because I know he was he was dying to talk and about I watched this. the. Uh, to be clear, I missed the first game, but then I woke up in time for the rest. Uh yeah, I mean, I just feel like... I mean, we just talked about how Faker didn't look that great. I think... Uh, I'm so nervous to say this, but... There was a caster call at the end of the series. And I know that last time this didn't go very well for me. But I'm just going to say it. The caster call was the greatest series of all time. I don't think that was the greatest series of all time. I don't know if I can give you a better one. I'm just saying, like... SKT versus well, Rocks. Yeah, I think people would would generally say that's the best. I think it won a ESPN poll, right, Fion? Uh, I believe so. But I can say, uh, I was at Rocks and SKT the year after I was in the semifinals for RNG SKT, and I was at G two SKT. I would say G two SKT is third on that list. I think the crowd and the atmosphere and the series itself was better in RNG SKT in Shanghai and in New York City for Rocks versus SKT, which is still my best esports match of all time. G2 SKT wasn't close to that. G, uh, Brock's for his SKT was a level or two. And I would say Seal GTSM in 2015 uh, finals. That was, <laughs> no, just kidding. But, uh, but um, no, I think <laughs> I do. But I just like I get why people get into the hype and all that stuff. But there were it was exciting, and I'm sure it was super exciting, especially for G2 fans and EU fans to see. Like G2 get one, they're one series away right now from the Grand Slam, which is super hype if they can complete it because nobody else ever has before. I just don't know if like that was the greatest series of all time. And in part because it was four games. I mean, that alone, I think limits a little bit. It was not as close as it could be just by the game count. Yeah, I don't want to... I wouldn't say I want it to limit best series of all time to like it has to be a five game series, but a game five where like it can break either way and then either team wins the whole thing does feel a lot more 
tense than like if SKT wins, we get one more, but if G2 wins, then it's over kind of thing. Um, but I think for, for for me not being in the crowd like Fionn was, a lot of it just comes down to um, quality of gameplay, how close it was, how it felt like either team could probably win. You saw high-level draft adaptations, and you see good gameplay and stuff. And I think... Uh, you missing the first game is probably a huge reason why you don't feel the way a lot of people kind of felt in the moment, especially after the first two games. Um, because game one was was crazy. It was this low kill game after a tournament full of pretty fast paced stuff. You know, it was like it was like a flashback to 2015 worlds with korean teams except it was g2 putting on this macro clinic and just running them around the map and being totally non-confrontational and trading objectives and putting the pressure on skt and like it looks so good um and then it ended on a single team fight which was you know like it was such a, a throwback game to a different era and it looked really really amazing and the decisions and the macro choices being made were like so well reasoned out you could go back and like defend them um as the series progressed, the amount of in-game decisions that happened and mechanical plays where when you go back and look at them again, you're kind of like, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Those, that started to go up pretty substantially. So I want to, um, if, if everyone on Discord can so. be quiet, because people in the Twitch chat are saying the casters didn't say that. I want to see if I can hear, I mean, we'll all be able to hear it. Well, not the Discord folks, but on stream, I'm just going to play the last here. Oh, wait, hang on. Damn it. It's playing through the wrong speakers. One second, one second, one second. We're all holding in together. NA production. Team in the history of League of Legends. Oh, here we go. Taken down. Buffering. Can he get it done? He can't to Vladimir. They can't do it. This is it. The greatest team in the history of League of Legends. Taken down by the greatest team Europe has ever produced. FPS. Okay. Maybe I fucked up. Because it was early in the morning and I was tired. Where's the dumbass sign? I need I need that from you, Mark. They, they said the greatest. I'm uh, sorry. The I, the call was G two is the greatest or G two the greatest team Europe has ever produced, taking down the greatest team in League of Legends history. Um, so where's I need, I'll make a sign so that I can wear the dumbass sign. You need you need we need boomer hearing uh, boomer hearing. That's right. People Twitch chat, bring it on. I deserve it this time. I, we need we need a, a dunce cap that we can wear, but like you know, is somehow Trent. Well, I guess we should just make matching. Yeah, because we caps both yeah can put on. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way. Yeah, not we don't need to magical teleporting hats so that you and I could both pass them between us <laughs> through time and space. We could just make two, Mark. That's how we will approach this problem. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it so much fucking cooler if we solve the first scenario? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can make a graphics package. There could be like a shower that goes over, you know, that you put, you press a button and like it's CGI's fucking moron. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will. I'll gift something. five subs to the chat as an apology for my my boomer hearing. Um. Anyway, so. Uh, this is a bit of a yeah, no, no, but I mean, I think it's true. Uh, so it seemed, <laughs> in general, we're all in agreement that as hype as that was, it was not as hype as perhaps people thought. 
or a lot of people made it out to be, even if I was wrong at the end. To be fair, Draco's had a great call, but uh, separately, following that, you know, uh, Quickshot did ask, was that one of the greatest series of all time, following up? Uh, and people basically were like, yeah, it was a great series. So, you know, if you go and find the, the Quickshot clip, unless my boomer hearing happened as well, maybe you want to you want to double-check my boomer hearing. I do think there was some discussion. I don't least, want to like, turn this show totally into, crazy. let's listen to all the EU broadcasters and try to catch them. <laughs> It'll fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to save you. I'm not trying to put the, the hate on Quickshot for people watching. Okay. I'm trying to save let's my how, good let's see how, thank you. I, let's see how Quickshot uh, starts cooldown. I'm trying. Well, before you go, I'm trying to save Travis from thinking that literally, like that, there was literally nothing on broadcast that was talking about. Okay, okay, how here we go. That series was. Let's go G2. Let's go G2. The Grand Slam is on. G2 take down SKT 3 to 1. They're staring down the barrel of FPX next weekend. What a series, Deficio. Dude, I'm 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 like so nervous. It's actually insane. I don't know why I'm nervous now. Like they just won, but it's like it's so crazy like when you have to go through uh -oh. SKT as well. You know, they've beaten them twice now. This year in best of fives. And me were screaming at the monitor for like four. Even doing Pink and Manifest was like, ah, what are you doing? What about this? What about that? You know, everything I'm is trying. like, it's so crazy. And then they end up pulling it out in the end. What's crazy to me too, watching it, is the tables have completely turned. Now it looks like when these teams match up, it is SKT. Mark, I don't see anything at the start of the series where, or, where Trevor's talking about how amazing it was or the greatest series of all time or anything like that. And you said... Kobe started disagreeing with it. I don't even see Kobe disagreeing Someone, with it. So, Dark Darkwing says it's there, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's somewhere. I, it might not have been at the beginning, but I do remember Kobe okay. saying something Whatever. about it. Whatever. I swear, I swear well, it was Don't in worry, there. it's only a 27-minute 27 27-minute video, so we'll just keep listening. And uh, at some point in time in the next 27 minutes, we'll hear it, and then Mark won't have to give five subs to the chat. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. The point is, it was a great fucking series. It was super hype. Someone talked about how it was the closest series of all time, basically, in terms of gold lead and like time with major major lead. So it, it doesn't it doesn't matter uh, what we're saying right now. It was a fucking dope series. G two played way uh, better than SKT despite that six to one Baron thing that we're we're talking about. I think it's fair to say, you know, to the caller's point that that SKT played bad. Um, but they, they like, I, I made this tweet on Twitter about how like no one picks a scaling comp and goes into the series. Like, yeah, we'll lose six Barons to one, uh, which does, I think, speak to a little bit more about, uh, SKT mistakes because I, I don't think anyone's ever probably lost six Barons, but then won, won a series, um, you know, quite like that. So, but the, I think that does speak to why G2 is such an amazing and interesting team and how they... A lot of conventions that just seem to not hold true for them um and that's why i think for me i'm favoring them going up against fpx because they seem to be able to do things that shouldn't exactly be true and they have a lot of styles to them you know fpx it's scary as a g2 fan i think if you were like oh man we won against skt through team fighting and now we're playing fpx who won their series through team fighting and did it cleaner but I think G2 has a lot of other ways that they can try and approach this through split pushing, through early snowball, roaming, 
uh, individual laning and stuff early game. Uh, whereas I don't think other teams have that that breadth of styles. Yeah, uh, like I said, like G two didn't really seem like they were forced to show much. Um, we basically only saw them team fighting, and even from behind, it looked pretty good every time. Yeah, I mean, do you think that's true, Mark? That they didn't have to show much? Is there like a bunch more in the the G two tank waiting for finals? Um, I think I'm not quite sure. I agree with that because I think, like I said, I think G two has a lot of styles that they can play. Um, and I think they correctly identified the the best style to use against. SKT, where a lot of casters and analysts smarter than me had done a good job pointing out that with their Baron buffs, SKT were actually really bad about cracking inhibitors and snowballing a game. And, you know, assuming G2 staff and players notice that as well, they could very easily, you know, say, our best option is late game team fighting. And they draft accordingly. And to Slayer's point, they're not showing these different styles that they can do. But that's less of SKT forcing them to. Well, I guess it is kind of SKT forcing them and, and saying, well, you're right. We can't close the game. So just keep picking good lane matchups that also scale better. Yeah. What is this on, just, on stream? It was the, whenever I was watching the World's Cooldown thing, I, I paused the video. And then the, it was just on this picture of Kobe. And I really, I love the, it's just good. Anyway. I think it's time. Uh, did you see? Did you see that uh, someone linked in Twitch chat that I'm not crazy? Timestamp, or is it? Is it I not worth going back? Yeah. All right. Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, it's. I put it in 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 you. Uh, I saw the video Skype as well. Okay. On you and wait for you to squirm. Now, uh, before we get to the player of the game, I saw some commentary in socials and discussion on Reddit saying this was the greatest best of five that we've uh, seen. <laughs> I want to get temperature gauge where on the scale does it As land. As an EU fan, <laughs> we're definitely up there. Yeah, we're up there. Um, it didn't get to five. Okay. Okay. Uh, but so he, to, to Trevor's point, it doesn't, he doesn't even say like, he, he's not even asserting it. I think he's actually doing that. the smart thing, yeah. which, uh, you know, is what I would want him to do, which is some people are saying this. Do you guys think it's true? Um, okay. Well, Mark, I'm not even sure if that gets close to what you're concerned. No, no, it goes exactly. I was saying that people were discussing it at least so that you weren't crazy. That was, that's what I was yeah, saying. Right. Not that people were talking Trevor about it. All right. We're not crazy. That. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's, that's all I was saying. I was not saying Trevor thought it was i was saying he brought it up and talked about it and then i kobe goes yeah. eh! and i i got it right all right i don't need to put on the fucking moron hat only travis is wearing it right now oh anyway st louis slayer thank you so much for your call anything you want to say uh before we move on to the next caller uh no thanks, thanks for, for having going. me on and thanks for being a sub mark can you move him because for some reason uh, my discord i got okay, it. he did it Nice. Okay. I love a man who can move himself what out of the air me? on air chat whenever he needs to. I hope people. I hope people watching this are just having as much. Yeah, fun yeah. I hope so too. Like, I mean, it, it'll get to YouTube, and then there'll be a bunch of angry comments. They don't understand. We're just. We're all having a good time. Okay, this is just fun. We're we're shooting the shit. All right. We're all buddies. Uh, Bruce TFT, thank you for the fourteen months in a row. Modi's for two months says, I don't know if it works now, but let's see. I see you. Cafe Nowhere, thank you for the sub. And CSIS Caroline, thank you for the 100 bits. 
And then thank you to Travis Gafford for gifting five subs to the channel. That was really cool of him. I really yeah, I love that Travis Gafford. Boater Michael, awesome. thank you for the 16 months. Uh, very generous. Boater Michael. Mark is grabbing. One small, one small thing I wanted to bring up about uh, the semifinal of G2 SKT. I don't know if it was on stream. Uh, Carlos Ocelot, right before the series started, the crowd was getting hype. He and I think the most famous YouTuber apparently in Spain. Oh, Rubius, I saw that. Yeah, they were running around the floor getting the crowd hyped as humanly possible. It was one of the loudest crowds I've been in esports because Osla and Rubius were literally just getting the crowd to get onto their feet and just make more and more noise. So I want to shout out to uh, Carlos and Rubius who really got the crowd as hyped as awesome. humanly possible. I, I, I saw a Reddit comment that brought it up, and they're like one of the largest YouTubers in the world. And usually when people say shit like that, you're like, oh, that's hyperbole. And then you, I went to his channel. He's 39 million, and this dude's in the crowd like getting people fucking amped. Yeah, it was is, so cool. That is super cool. Hey, uh, we got Tom Tomderbolt. Is that how you say it? Tom yeah, Derbolt, you thank you for it. calling in. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Perth in Australia. It's funny. At first, I didn't hear an Australian accent. And then I asked you where you're calling from, and it felt like you added the Australian accent. I believe you're from Australia. I think it just comes with saying the okay. name. Perth. Perth. Oh, what, what, do you, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, thanks for calling in from Australia. Yeah, no worries. Um, so basically, my take is something that we can take from worlds in terms of the scene around the globe so i've been following the doimby meme a little bit so he's been consistently underrated at worlds i think for his team play as a mid laner like always supporting his team and then you watch the g2 skt series and g2 won for consistently better team play than skt and so my question is do you think this world's demonstrates that teams should not just be going after the best players anymore but focusing on long-term team chemistry and development um i can think that the, the best example of this would probably be maybe not this year but c9 the last few years how they kind of kept the same roster together developed that chemistry really closely with reaper and led to a lot of international success Sorry, the take the take is think, instead uh, of going after big players, like try to to keep consistency so you can build the team synergy over over years. Instead of paid by Steve, we have you know paid by Carlos. No, uh, pay, <laughs> paid by um, you know getting players together consistently um, and trying to get young talent and developing it. I think uh, there's. There's two there's two topics in here too, which is also like the Doinby topic a little bit of you know, people say he's not individually talented or something, uh, which is has was also discussed a lot this week, uh, following Nemesis's comments and then other people hopping on there, myself as well. Um so first point by Tom Derbolt, I totally agree that team play seems super important. Uh well seems super important it is super important you know, people always talk time, about that team play shit as if it's such a big deal that little team play bullshit uh i think there was a, a potential last year with how good ig was um at like kind of taking 50 50s and snowballing individual lane mechanics that uh there people start really talking about that and how important that was uh but that they were 
almost more of the exception to the rule, I think, um, where, like, yes, if your laners are so insane, you can win, but then this world, you know, people either caught up or maybe IG took a step back, Ning wasn't quite as good, Balan wasn't quite as good, uh, and, and their play style kind of fell apart, and they lost to uh, teams that seemed just generally stronger at uh, playing as a team. That wasn't true in in semi in quarters, obviously, uh, but in in semis that definitely felt true. And even in their their losses versus Damwon and in group stage, it was like Shy would still do well, but then they would get outplayed across the map. So I think less so than saying, "Hey, team play is important." I just uh, think more that people may have gone too far down the importance of individual talent based off a more snowbally meta from season eight. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at Team Liquid's performance this year, and they did great. Like, they beat NA because they, you know, had some of the best laners and people at their positions. But then when it got to the world stage, um, I mean, you could talk about X Smithy's performance and Jensen's performance, but I think you could definitely tell there wasn't that synergy between them. And I get that it's only the first year with Jensen, but still, some of these players have been playing together for a while um and you look at g2 and just how well they mix together and even if you look at teams like splice i think splice did as well as they did because they were able to have that team synergy and mix together yeah and i think you know you can say individual laning problems existed for team liquid like you're saying with jensen getting slapped by rookie a little bit but it's also fair to say if you compare them to the the rest of their peers that it's not like they were Jensen was running around the map snowballing top and bot lane like fucking crazy like Caps has done and Doinby has done and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not just a mechanical difference potentially between some of our, our players, but also this this teamwork idea and, and how selfless some other teams seem to be. Um, but I do think, you know, to your point about sticking together, if you look at the building path for G2 to get here, it took a couple years and a couple additions over time starting with getting perks and their initial G2 roster with Trick and, um, like, Hyarnan and stuff. And then eventually they grab Yankos and Wonder, and then they grab Caps and Mickey. That Like, they built that team over time. It was not this sudden slap-together super team. You know, they really did have, like you're saying, some of these players, that's kind of true of Team Liquid. They had years of playing together. Exactly. So... And I guess that goes towards the future of, say, like the scouting grounds scene or the ch challenger team scene, and that teams should maybe be looking to pick up some of this talent and nurturing it over a few years as opposed to just going for maybe a really good player from another region who wants to become an import and get a paycheck. So, would you, are you, Tom Durbolt, would you be sad if TL made roster changes? I wouldn't be sad. Um, I think that. Uh, I mean, personally, like, uh, I'm more of just general fan of the NA scene. I'm not necessarily a big TL fan, um, especially since, uh, you know, I'm hoping that some Australian team gets out of play-ins one day. But uh, uh, I, I think that, for example, the one of the most important things for TL to really just work on is the jungle mid-synergy. And it seems that Xmithy and Jensen just didn't have that this world and if that means changing a, a jungler or even replacing jensen if you thought that was the bad decision in order to update that part of the team then i would do there's it. a there's a rumor that i heard at worlds drop it that 
<clears throat> the Fnatic lineup did not get along very well this year and that uh, Broxa possibly joining TL, which then like was seemingly confirmed, not confirmed, but then like you saw Steve follow Broxa. So, and I want to be clear, this is a rumor. I'm not reporting anything, but like this was talked about by multiple people at, at World. So it was the, the rumor mill uh, had this going around. We'll see if anything comes of it. Maybe it wasn't a done deal or maybe it was this discussion or maybe he stays on Fnatic and something else happens. But yeah, the rumor was that, that Fnatic didn't get along very well, which some people, I think, if it is true, seemingly picked up on that in that um, press, con like the Fnatic press conference. It seemed like people were kind of hinting at that. Are we talking yeah, rumors you, now? You, do you got a rumor yeah, for us, Fion? Are you allowed to give rumors mm, uh, publicly, or do you have to pass those all through um, your colleague? No, no, I have rumors on my own. I have rumors. On have my you own. heard the the Broxa rumor? No, he, I've heard that uh, Europe, we might be seeing more European talent. Yeah, I heard that there were multiple. There, there's potentially coming over. Yeah, uh, it looks like Splice is breaking up a bit, so. You got. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a European AD come mm. over to NA. Oh, there we go. So more rumors. I'm excited for off season to start. I like. I like it whenever we can start having these kind of conversations. <clears throat> that note, though, I I would say that Team Liquid take getting Broxer on the team would go against what I've been saying about trying to have that team play in synergy. Like, surely the better move would be trying to convince C9 to let go of Sven Skarin. Um, to team with Jensen on TL, since they seem to want to pursue the future with Blabber anyway. Ah, uh, I mean, who knows? Hopefully, well, one, you know, it's kind of maybe hard to convince Team Liquid or C9. I'd, to do I'd that, heard that C9 uh, had Skarin uh, up as a potential opportunity for other teams. Uh, either way, I'm just saying. I hope Team Liquid is doing. One of the things that seems so lacking in the esports scene beyond just like talent acquisition, but like in literally every sphere and sector I can I ever hear about is due diligence. It feels like that just doesn't exist in the scene when I ask people about that. Um, so hopefully Team Liquid does due diligence and actually interviews players that play with them, coaches that coach them, and tries to you know figure out exactly which one would be a better fit if both are options because it shouldn't just be Sven because we think so and Broxa because we think so. Yeah. I have a question. How, Mark and Travis and Tumberbolt, how would you feel, if, let's say Team Liquid does get Broxa and it's essentially uh, just Doublelift as the only NA player, that team next year makes the world final, maybe wins worlds. Would it... Would you NA. feel like NA pro would there be that NA pride of like we finally did it where it's you know core impact Jensen Broxa and then just double lift in the middle the one American Has impact spent most of his Is career in North America NA? now yes and Jensen has yes. as well like I think yes what I thought you said something oh if, I was if, for, yes. if we were back in the LMQ days and like LMQ had just come over and then they made it to finals. Like, I don't think, I think North America fans like get excited about it and claim ownership, but I think it's less of a big deal. I look, I get why our detractors 
namely EU fans, will claim that that doesn't count. But if we have players on the team that have spent the majority of their career in this region, I feel like we can feel pretty good about that. You know, IG I, got to claim rookie. Yeah. I mean, either way, I don't, I don't care. I mean, the fuck it, we got it. I'll take an asterisk. Well, over plus, yeah, I mean, we've got yeah. a, enough things that going against <laughs> us that, like, if we have to buy our way into the finals, you know, whatever. I mean, another, that's, that's, it's all we uh, have going for us. Another supply. I think I think Sven Skaren is an NA resident starting this spring or summer, so he will be a resident going forward, which would open up uh, C9 if they do if they keep Sven Skaren or keep Blabber to get a European or a Korean somewhere else on the roster, most likely or, European. Or Team Liquid gets him, and then we get rid of Double Lift. Yes, please. And Ooh, we have that guy has been holding lane. back TL for years. Have you? Has he gotten no. out of groups at Worlds yet? Get a real AD yeah. carry in there, bro. Come on. De that's yeah. a free agent. Deft, Deft had an incredible year. Defton, Defton, Core JJ sounds like a great bot lane. So are we doing Impact, Fenskarin, Jensen, Jensen, Deft, yeah. Core JJ? <laughs> yeah, baby. North American team. Let's do it. for the finals. Let's do it. Tom Drabolt, uh, we've sufficiently answered your question, right? Like, this is all what you were expecting. Definitely have, and it's great to see that you've gone against the sentiment of my question and just want to import the best players. One hundred percent, yes. This is this is classic North America call, by the way. Well, I think maybe NA talent start with teamwork and with. Yeah, yeah he literally calls players. it as like I think we should really focus on building. I heard I heard Brox is coming over. Also, maybe somebody from Splice. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, uh, the dear. only other thing was the Doinbee part about oh yeah know, yeah success yeah. and stuff, but I don't. I, I mean, I don't know if we want to. Talk I mean, about I that. I think it's we, a lot of smart people have talked about it. Uh, I don't, Mark. Do you want to just give it your quick take on whether or not you think Doinbee is the worst mid laner at Worlds? Is what isn't that what Nemesis had said? He said, in my opinion, Doinbee is one of the yeah. worst mids at Worlds. Um, afterwards, a lot of people had their own somewhat similar opinions to Doin B and they kind of clarified his statement for him, but it's unsure what the nemesis actually meant. Cause I don't think he ever really expanded on it. Other people were saying that he wasn't a great laner uh, and that, you know, FPX kind of helped prop him up and did things to help him. And uh, as well as, uh, you know, stuff like that, or they were saying he was one of the worst in semifinals, but I think he actually had a much better performance than Faker uh, who got fucked up in a bunch of team fights. Whereas, you know, on the flip side, Doinbee hit clutch hooks on Nautilus. Uh, so even that probably doesn't look that right anymore. Um, Doinbee definitely performed better than Faker. So I'm of the opinion that rating people on a single metric is really weird. And I don't understand the point of that. Uh, because it doesn't actually give you a more accurate depiction of said player. Uh so I, I just don't get that. It's like if I, I rated players only on their ability to bake, you know, that's and that's it. I probably wouldn't be predicting players that well. And like, okay, yeah, judging them on individual mechanics is is a, a better single metric, but it still does ignores, you know, the rest of the, the game and everything that goes into being a good player. So I don't know. I, I've never really enjoyed that line of thinking. 
Uh, it's fine to start as a basis somewhere. Like I start with individual mechanics and then I branch out into champ pool and then I branch out into what I hear about their shot calling from people. And then I look at his roaming and then I look at his data and his team fighting and his side laning. And then I, I build my mental profile of what this player is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. The people just, just reductively saying his laning is bad is so, so weird. Thunderbolt, thank you so much for calling in. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, Australia Worlds 2050. Oh boy. All right. Thanks so much for the call. I'm glad you think League <laughs> is still here then. <laughs> thanks, guys. I'm going to have to talk to Alienware about a many, many multi year renewal if League's going to be around until 2050. Wait, you're muted, Mark. Oh, wait. He left. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> Thank you to Galaxy of Moses. Shout out. Hey, Galaxy. Uh, for the sub, as well as Kylo Zen for one year. Looks like we should be getting our next caller here in a second. Uh, we have a 100-bit bit leader on the board right now. Does anyone want to meet that person or pass them? Or gifting a sub. You could be the sub gift leader. Subs and bits always help out a ton. Duke of Thought is here. Duke of Thought, what do you want to, or where are you calling from? Well, I'm calling from the East Coast around the Jacksonville, Ooh. Florida area. All right. Well, we'll go through anyway. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so FPX is, in my opinion, being highly underrated in the finals against G2. I mean, I still personally think G2 is going to come out and it's going to be a 3-1 as the script demands. But it's going to be a lot closer than people are saying because like, a lot of people are holding FPX's performance in their series against IG against them too heavily because that series was basically just like brainless brawling and fighting everywhere across the map pointlessly. And my point is that like these two teams are both LPL, so two teams from the same region are typically going to engage in things that they both implicitly agree to a lot more commonly than two teams from a different region. So an example I can give is that like if in quarters SKT ended up having to face like another Korean team, what would happen is that if you watched LCK, you'd know that what would happen is that you'd have an interesting early game with action then you have a mid game where teams would just farm for like 20 minutes and then a fight would happen and the game would like almost essentially end from that or an NA versus NA match. You'd have people like push out side lanes, then run to the mid lane and ARAM. So in the LPL, what happens is that both teams will just say that they're the better team and they'll fight against each other constantly. But I think against G2, FPX is going to take a more cerebral approach to the game. Uh, Dwayne B is probably going to hopefully be able to lead his team in a more intelligent manner, arrange things properly, and have a more um, a better game rather than just arbitrarily taking fights at like five minutes at an Ocean Drake for no reason whatsoever. I definitely agree with the point about familiarity making teams closer in skill for the most part. Um, you know, I think you saw that with G2 versus Fnatic in their... their um, Finals. finals yeah yeah well you know there's some absolutely crazy stuff happening in there in the same way uh so i definitely agree about the familiarity point uh and i also think uh you know one of the things too is it's not just 
familiarity in playing the same style, but also the general style FPX plays is like with Doinby playing so many champions in the mid lane that can actually just engage themselves, it's much easier to start a fight if they ever think someone's out of position and they can go. You just have extra buttons to go, you know? It's it's not like a Kiana who needs to flank around and find the right angle to potentially stun him up against a wall. It's, I pressed R. I ran at you and I pressed R. I threw a hook and I hit it, you know? So it can quickly become a bloodier game when one team is willing to say, even this is a bad fight, we're starting it. And then, like, what? The other team's just not going to try and punish that because it's a bad fight? Um, that's why I think, you know, you, you, you see more of that, not just familiarity, which does factor into it, but just the general play style of, of FPX is one that is more conducive to early and frequent fighting. I mean, I hope that it ends up being... A good series. I, I definitely have G2 winning um, the series, but I I don't know. Riot overall has had some pretty lackluster finals at Worlds, and I'm very curious to see how this will go because I feel like a lot of people are favoring G2 and feel like, I don't know, I it could go, could go wrong. So here's... Here's what I'll say. I predicted G2 or SKT to win the semis versus G2, but I said I was kind of apprehensive about my own prediction because, you know, they hadn't looked that convincing actually in a lot of their other games. You know, a lot of the games SKT didn't look that great and Faker wasn't actually playing that well. Uh, stuff like that. I didn't predict effort to go boom, which is why I think that series looked as bad as it did. Um, but. I have a somewhat similar feeling about G2 versus um, FPX. Like, losing six Barons and winning a series is, I think, a minor miracle. They they lost a lot of their early games. Yes, they weren't playing super proactively, um, and they had, like, the scaling advantage. But, and I believe G2 can play, and this is why I'm still betting on G2, is G2 can play different styles, and I believe they will play different styles. But if they think this is the best thing for them. Um, I'm a little nervous because I think FPX is a much better early game team and they're a much better late game team fighting team than, than the, uh, SKT was. And they're a lot more aggressive about if you give up a Baron versus us, we're going to try and run it down your throats. So I am confident that G2 will look a little bit better than they showed. Um, but there is that slight feeling of apprehension around them the same way I had around SKT in the semifinals. Yeah, uh, I generally agree. I think FPX is... I think the only advantage FPX brings over various other teams would face G2 is things in terms of the draft because I think... No, actually... Yeah, they, they're able to flex things in mid a lot more than, like, other teams are relative to how G2 is able to flex, like, triple flex some picks, essentially. But on the whole, they're also kind of gated because Dwinby has only shown Rise so far, but for all we know, he might have, like, a few pocket pick carry-type champions that work similar to Rise. He just does, hasn't shown it yet, sticking to, like, the what he likes to do, the, the Nautilus and the Malphite we saw in group stage in the Scion. And part of that might just simply because of the fact that, like, like this is speculation, that, like, he's the main shot caller, he's the guy doing all the timings, and, like, 
that's not inconsequential to do. That takes up a lot of brain power. So if you're you you try and streamline your lane, right? It's a lot easier to like control the map and your team when you're when you're on Malphite and you only have one job rather than trying to do that on like Syndra or something. Well, and just even like we're saying before, playmaking. You know, it's much easier to if you want to dive bot lane, flash alt someone or flash Q or flash auto for a root on Nautilus, or if you're playing Scion to alt down a lane, or if you're playing Malphite to press R, or if you're playing Cled to you know, like all of these are such useful team fighting tools um so if you if you are the shot caller and you want to start a fight like it's in your fucking hands bro get in there we just got 10 subs gifted to us by maxi roy thank you maxi roy i, I think mean, it's just yeah. my I, uh, did you notice i fixed the audio sync issue yeah this is the yeah, yeah. Genius <laughs> just solved beyond do you have any thoughts on the the fpx and g2 game and do you have a prediction who you, who you got I think I actually agree with the caller, Duke. I think it'll be three one. I do think FPX is getting it. I, I I echo his thoughts about how when it's a domestic versus domestic, China versus China or NA versus NA or Europe versus Europe, the the match is never going to be as uh, you're never going to get as much, many conclusions from that than a general or a different matchup from a different region. Uh, I hope that we're going to see a lot of good fun drafts uh, i think emily my, my colleague emily Rand, we were talking about the final and i think she had a really good thought about it is that this is the final of 2019 all the flex picks all year long i think these two teams really represent the meta and the the entire 2019 season so i'm actually quite happy with fpx versus g2 i think this is the final that 2019 deserves yeah Three, and one, g2 fuck that reddit thread that's like oh fpx hasn't had to play a korean team since you know, the whole tournament. Like, yes, their group was easy, and I'm, I'm mad about that, but, like, the their only reason they didn't have to play a Korean team was because the Korean team on their side of the bracket lost in quarters to the team that they then beat. That doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. That's how tournaments work. <laughs> It'd be one thing if both Korean teams were, like, on the left side, and it was RNG and, like, or, like, Team Liquid, or I don't, I don't even know how the fuck you could build the bracket, but, like, I totally get it if it was like a super easy bracket run, but like, it's like saying Fnatic didn't have to play Afrika last year because C9 beat the shit out of them. It's like it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Korea's not even a good region anymore. When was the last time they were at an international finals? They haven't made a final in yeah, three tournaments. It'll be two years potentially. NA's made more. Maybe more. Captain NA has made a final more recent. Yeah. Exactly. NA. Caps has North three. America in a Caps row. Caps has three. Three finals in a row. Think about that. Is, that dude's fucking it, hulking out. Is Caps the greatest Western player of all time? Yes. Baker literally shaking well, in his game chair. There's perks. There's perks. Facing Caps. Oh. It's Faker. Okay. I mean, it's perks versus Caps. Right. It's, it's between those two only. I still say it's Caps just for that, that kind of point about three in a row. And I think... While Caps has more volatile placings, and, and I don't think Perks has... I don't know if Perks has ever had, like, an outright awful international event. I'd have to rethink about it. Or, like, fed his brains out quite as much, but... I would I would still say... I would still give it to Caps. Caps made a finals without Perks. Perks hasn't done it. Boom. Simple logic that my brain can can handle. 
Yeah, I totally agree that having to face IG in the semifinals last year is <laughs> losing 3-0 is, is, is way worse than beating North America's legendary C9. Oh, yeah. Hey, Duke of Thought, it was I great mean, having you, you on the show. See. Is there uh, anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Yeah, sure. Uh, Alienware, great products. Thank Purchase you. Thank them. you. Uh, appreciate that. Well, uh, it is time for a quick break uh, before we move into our last caller in the evening. Speak about it. You know, it was great talking about Alienware earlier, but now it's time to talk about Movement, our second sponsor of the evening. Movement makes amazing products that are based, and they're based out of Los Angeles. Um, you can go check them out. Uh, let's see if um, I was having issues loading their site on the. It works fine if you go to mvmt.com/travis. Although, uh, for some reason, XSplit struggles whenever I try to render it on the thing. So we're going to try and show it right now on screen. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for some reason, it's, it creates these big windows. Anyway, um, you can go ch check it out. Let's see if any of it loads. There's some amazing watches, as you're seeing, that are on the, the stream right now. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. That's what the sponsors <laughs> pay for. You you doing that. Uh, uh, they make some amazing products. And uh, they make watches, they make sunglasses, they make all sorts of stuff. Uh, you can go check them out, mvmt.com slash Travis. Just going to that page is super helpful for me. Um, but if you do go to mvmt.com slash Travis, uh, which, by the way, for listening to or watching this on YouTube, there's a link in the description, um, you can get 15% off your order. So it's actually a great deal. Exclusive, I shouldn't say, well you're watching hotline league and you're using that code, I guess it's exclusive to you. Uh, but regardless, uh, really fantastic to have them uh, sponsor a ton of stuff. For what we do, I've been using their products, really big fan of, uh, the stuff that they've sent me. Um, in fact, I believe I have yes. I that from the stream. So people don't... Uh, Oh yeah, here we go. So this is actually, so Steve actually bought the same exact watch. It was one that I, I uh, ordered or requested uh, as well. Um, but anyway, go check them out at mvmt.com slash Travis. They do a ton to help us out. And and again, like maybe you're not in the, the market for one. That's fine. Just going to the website is super helpful. And you can sort of see what they're about. And that helps me out a ton. Anyway, we're on to our last caller right now. It'll be any minute. Mark's going and grabbing them. A big shout out, by the way, to... Uh, to Maxi Roy for gifting 10 subs. That's incredible. Thank you so, so much. Subs are incredibly helpful. Thank you to CSIS Caroline for the 145 bits as well. We got GD Nerd on the on the show. GD Nerd, where are you calling from? Uh, the land of wildfires and power outages. Northern Cal California. Are you, do you have power right now? Yes, thankfully. I live close enough to Silicon Valley that they would yeah. never think. Great, yeah. Off the power. Google's bribing some people or something. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show? So, as I've been watching this Worlds, uh, I kind of came to this conclusion after uh, watching the G2 uh, SKT set, and that's uh, three ones are better than three zeros or three twos when it comes to a quality best of five set in general. And the fact that we've had all three ones is kind of an indicator of that this tournament has been one of the best tournaments we've so, had. So sorry, you're saying uh, three ones are a better indicator of quality. 
Yeah, so specifically uh, 3-0. Um, they're typically stomps. If you're getting 3-0'd, it's typically a huge power level mismatch, like a first seed blowing out somebody who barely stumbled out of quarters, like, uh, what was it, Samsung White versus TSM, RIP. Um, and 3-2s often, at least from what I can tell, come down to some kind of massive side advantage or there is a particular player or a couple of players who are really vulnerable to targeting in the draft and you end up fighting over like a particular power pick or two. And so the game becomes less about like the teams outplaying each other and it becomes more about like weird stuff in draft. Junior, just really quick uh, correction on that. Um, and I thought it was this and then I was like, maybe I'm crazy and misremember, but T uh, TSM did take a game in that Samsung White series, so it's 3-1. Oh! Does this ruin God. your take because you thought I, that TSM so barely stumbled out of quarters and then they had the better... You say 3-1 is the, the example of the high quality uh, gameplay. No, sorry. <laughs> as as a near boomer myself, I have okay. terrible well, memory. Uh I think maybe like um the who who blew out um the Albus Knox Luna remember a huge recent series when they made it out of quarterfinals. H2K oh, yeah, yeah. destroyed Albus yes. Knox. But but um, in general 3 zeros are not and entertaining. So wait, but why are three ones better than three twos? Because I think that that would demonstrate that the two teams are closer in skill, right? Yes, but uh, three twos, at least from my t admittedly terrible memory, often come down to weird draft issues more than three ones. Whereas three ones, typically, you've got a couple of relatively even teams. And then one team kind of downloads the other and just kind of figures it out and wins when they have the worst draft priority because it isn't as important as in a lot of the five game sets. So like uh, TSM Spring, they had two best of five sets. And while those were kind of exciting, uh, it all kind of came down to how much support Acadian could get in the drafts. And so you kind of saw him fail when the drafts didn't quite set him up right and that's kind of why those went to five games mark what is your take on this i don't know because sometimes a three two series happens and you feel like you know to the caller's point sometimes it's like every blue side team won and you know sometimes a team just got blue side so and, and this like, isn't a hard and fast rule. It's just I feel that three ones are more often good sets because three twos have a higher percentage of just being like weird draft issues. Yeah, no. As I as I tried to like convince myself of it, I just couldn't do it. I, I I don't I don't agree. Three twos, like the the final game being super hyped. The fact that you get to see them go back and forth. Yes, there are sometimes draft issues, or it's more side select dependent. Um, but that's why that indicates that it's closer because the things that are tipping the scales there are the draft and not uh, to mention, well, do you want to get every reverse sweep I mean, is that... a five game series and people love reverse sweeps and are usually indicative of the teams being similar in strength as well. 
Right, and that's what I was going to say is a 3-1 is is nice that it was, you know, a little close that team could win a game, but still clearly one team had to to win um, two in a row to, to get a 3-1 at least. So that team is clearly better. Um, but that's why it's kind of nice for three twos because it means that they were so close that these other factors became some of the most paramount things because the skill levels were so close. Twitch chat saying um, Mark is biased because he loves silver scrapes. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, I don't fucking like getting five random tweets every time there's a best of five of people being like, <laughs> B-Woo, do you remember that? Good joke, bro. See you in a week. You know, like, that's... <laughs> That's not actually a reason. I like uh, now I hope everyone remembers this. The next time you're seeing a best of five, be sure to tweet at Mark. All right, because he loves hearing that. Definitely, definitely throw in to see you in a week. <laughs> That's. Uh, uh, I have a point on this. Uh, if you're name the best four game series of all time, not including G two SKT. Like does a does a series a three one series pop out in your head? TSM um, versus Samsung White to... in twenty fourteen. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying to think back to particular. Like I said, I have a terrible memory. Uh, wasn't the uh, TLIG MSI set four yep. games? Yeah, but no, I wouldn't call games. I wouldn't call that one of the best. I would say Samsung it was a good one. Samsung Blue versus what was it KT in 2014? That was 3-2. Yeah, that was I remember that was cuz they had the double Yasuo blind mid. Um then you know Rocks versus SKT was mm -hmm. 5. Um I don't know if I count KT IG in there because part of me is really mad that the Duke even got a game, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like I have a hard time lumping it in there, but that was really close and that ba that back door was sick. Uh, SKT versus Misfits is another good one. That was five. Um, RG SKT, the semi after the Misfits series. Yep. Uh, G2 versus, versus um, RNG was also five. Oh, actually, uh, yeah. I've got one. Uh, oh. Season two finals, TPA, Azubu Frost. Though that, that was more just me being mad over the TSM cheating drama than anything else. Yeah, that was also just like historic for being the first kind of Real final, real, real worlds. I would say, and I know this will trigger some people. Which, by the way, I almost tweeted this earlier. I'm saving it for later in the week. Well, I don't want to derail us yet. I would say most are best of fives. Yeah. So I think we just disagreed, Genie Nerd. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take this personally. Uh, I like to take this up next month. It was an interesting take. Well, uh, did you want to derail us, Mark? Yeah, I, I didn't expect this much. Uh, Okay, you want me to derail us for, real quick? This is why you should care what I'm about to say. Perks, Caps, Wonder, Yankos, and Mickey X are the best Western team ever created. And they deserve the glory of being considered the first Western team and first European team, if you don't, if you don't like the distinction of, you, you know, your or Western, whatever. They're the first European team to win Worlds. I think they deserve that honor. They are so fucking amazingly good. And when you talk about this team, you know, I feel like it's it's just weaker to say they brought it home to Europe or something, like, it, by including Season 1. And so 
I, I like they deserve the glory of being like these guys changed the fucking game. They, they were revolutionary. Not we had never seen. We have, we haven't seen anything like them before. You know, and to say that it's already happened diminishes that fact because you're saying, well, it's the second time. And season one worlds was not called worlds at the time. It was just called <coughs> season one finals. They later reactively went back and called it worlds the format was drastically different it was double elimination china had teams but they weren't invited because it wasn't a real world korea's server hadn't been set up yet there's like a laundry list of reasons that season one worlds should not be considered a world because it literally wasn't called a world and formatted that way and approached that way it was just called the season one championships at the time and that's why if you don't like any of those reasons from a technical perspective, at least give it to fucking Caps and Perks and these guys and G2, the team and the org and Ocelot and everyone who actually deserves that honor should they win next week. Like, like it's not even – it's just – oh, they, they have been so amazing to watch over the course of the year. Like, they deserve that on their fucking Leaguepedia articles and whatever Fion writes – you know, that's and, and other people who are going to be memorializing this. Like, it's so different to say they're the second compared to they're the first and they're goddamn heroes and genre and like world breakers. You know, like they've, they've destroyed everything we've known about worlds. And I just can't buy that. That fucking fanatic lineup with Shushe and stuff is, is even in the same stratosphere when riot themselves and even call it worlds when it happened so does that mean that china can't celebrate the 10th worlds next year and instead north america gets to in 2021 because if so i'm in because because we were supposed to have it next year and then they give it to china so that china could celebrate the 10th because it's the biggest market so if we're just fucking subtracting one from every single worlds and saying well, I mean, if you want to do this, you know, hey, who was it? TSM? Which which team was it? They've made a semifinals at Worlds. That's the other. That's the other argument I always offer when people want to include it. Cloud Nine. No, they Epic didn't Gamer. Exist oh, I'm crazy. Was it? Yeah, it was Epic Gamer, wasn't it? I think it was Epic Gamer. Uh, no, it was Epic TSM. Gamer. TSM made, in losers bracket were in semis. Wait, so did Epic Gamer go. not TSM make it into? I think, yeah, I think I both, both made did. semis, and then they lost. Uh, uh, no, TSM... TSM lost in losers to uh, against no, all yeah. TSM beat Epic in losers, and then oh. and then made it. Damn, poor Peter. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know if if you. I guess TSM can can slap that one on. <laughs> World semifinalists. Well, does it? Well, okay. I'll let yeah. I, I, Anyways, that's my point. I, I hope when I... I mean, I know that I'm arguing against nothing because Riot's never going to do this. Does that um, mean that you know it's they have to delete the Fnatic World skins from the game and take back all the money they gave the Fnatic like player? Like I said, it's, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, but I don't know how Theon wants to write write his articles. But it, I, I hope it says the first European team in the modern era or something, you know, like just make up anything so that we can we can give shoot caps and purchase. Just gets a bill from yeah. Riot. Sorry, yeah. we need would, all that money back from the skin that we gave you. 
I, I think modern history is a very good way of phrasing it and how I would phrase it in a feature of they are the first modern Western champions, the, the you know, the guide breakers, the rule breakers. And I agree, they like they should be like cherish and get all the accolades possible of like they broke the rule book. They are doing things that no one expected or thought was possible. When I got a, a, a DM, I got a few DMs last year while I was at a football game and people were like Perks is going to AD. Caps is going to G2. I just sat there. And I was like, this is the wildest thing ever. What are they doing? And then a year later, and Perks is being is, like, the Chinese community is calling him Poozy. They're calling, they're, they're saying he's <laughs> like at that. They're calling, that's his nickname in China. He's Poozy. Like, like, they've breaking every, like, they're, they, they've changed the game. It's, it's amazing to see. Yeah. And Poozy, they'll be the first awesome. one. To get to complete the Grand Slam as well. So at least they, you know, they'll have that distinction uniquely theirs. All right. Yeah, I'll let good. philosophers and analysts debate that this week. Uh, we don't need to dive into it because we're already way over time. GD Nerd, thanks for calling in. Is there anything yep. you want to say at the end here? Th thank you for having me. Thank you for telling me I'm wrong. And uh, shout thanks out to so Alien. Have a good one. All right. Beyond, you were an unofficial guest, so I'll let you shout out stuff if you have anything you want to say. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It was really fun. Thank you to Twitch chat. Uh, check me out on Fion Fire on Twitter. Uh, my articles are on ESPN.com slash esports. And my final thing I want to say is, wow, we had 3.9 million people outside of China and television watch the semifinal with G2 and SKT, like smashing every viewership record ever. And I just want yeah, to say we didn't even awesome. really talk about that. And that was a super are, good point. I'm glad you raised yeah. that. Yeah, uh, it's amazing to see. And yeah, like, I don't think the final will beat that. But who knows if it goes to five games? Uh, I'm just happy that League of Legends is on the upswing. I can't wait for... We just need uh, to make sure that we stop catering to North America in any way. Don't put stuff in North America's time zone. Don't have our teams make it far. Because we cannot bring the viewership that Europe and Korea and everywhere else can. Now that, that is true. Yeah. No, if TSM was here, I think... If T it was TSM versus SKT in a semifinal. You think I people think would have woken up that early? Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean TSM is still like T the TSM was the first thing chanted during the semifinal <laughs> when the game started. It was TSM chants. Yeah, that's a meme. Yeah, but if it, in a world where TSM made a semifinal versus SKT, it would break records. It would break something. No, I'm not I, sure I, if it would be records. Record. Somebody would be broken coming out. It of would that. break some records. It would it would break the the loudest esports chant yeah. of all time record for sure. That the that press conference would be depressing. Can you imagine the look on Faker's face when he realizes he just lost to TSM? And with that, I say my adieu. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's have, have a good final. See you, dude. See you. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for sticking around. Mark, you have anything you want to shout out? Uh, no, I'm, I'm really? good. Nothing? Um, shout out lunch with you tomorrow, oh, babe. yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. Noonish. Noonish. You and I are both, we don't have real jobs. We just, yeah. When I decide to put pants on, that's whenever we'll, we'll do that. It's whenever I've ran out of enough things that I can easily do on my phone in bed. Um, I'll 
show long. Everybody was saying that uh, we had audio delays. I know. I don't know why. We've never had this issue before. <clears throat> and uh, we we fixed it right before the show started by restoring the stream. We thought it was good. Sorry that it didn't resolve. I hope it's okay for the VOD. I hope it's not, not something else, but if it is, I apologize. Hopefully you guys were able to hear it. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. LPL doc is still going. Um, shout out to Alienware and Movement. Oh, follow me on Instagram. All right. Don't. I follow Travis on Instagram. Why? It's a giant mistake. You don't have a good uh, reason. Just, exactly. That's what, you didn't expect me to say yeah. why, did you? I knew that's how I was going to get you. I knew you wouldn't have a good reason not to. Don't ever ask me to explain my opinions. Just just disagree. So he says I yell. never post. I put Instagram stories up like every single day, and they're fire. There's an Instagram story up there right now with the Corgi. That person doesn't see them because all his other Instagram stories are, are people he actually wants what? to watch. You just get pushed down in the priority queue through... It's, it's if you're watching the YouTube, you can go look in the description. Look at the there's a Instagram story that's embedded. You know how you can make the, the stories that sit on your profile. There's one that's just got a fire icon on it, and I it's some of my best phone photography. Go take a look at it. There's some dope ass shit in there. All right, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. Are there hot chicks in the stories? No, that's on my Flickr, which I will also put in the chat. Okay, um, I think that's it for the show. Thanks, Goodbye. everyone, for watching. See you next week after the finals.